This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand, fellas. You jumped up and... Austin Nate, who is going to be that guy. And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Brennan, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I forgot to Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, our apologies to Kirk Street. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A's, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the time zone with the lowest gas prices. That means it's time for the Debbie Debate, brought to you by CampusToCan.com. That's Matt Bruning, that's Austin Nason. I'm Felix Sharp on a gassy version of tonight's show. We check in on the 2023 <laughs> wide receiver class. We cover our biggest hits and misses, and we look at players who've experienced a recent dip in value. But we start with the polarizing 2022 quarterback prospect that is Malik Willis in a matchup that many were looking forward to since the start of the season uh willis went 16 for 25 for 173 yards and three interceptions against old miss he was also sacked nine times matt bruning you've tweeted recently that you have confidence in the 2022 class as a whole how does willis's performance against old miss inform that competent confidence in this quarterback class i still think it's a good class it's it's not Great. I mean, I think Matt Crow and Sam Howell both have the ability to do that. Um, I, I've said before, I've said all season, I think Matt, um, Sam Howell has the safest floor. Uh, I was not as high on Matt Corral coming into the season. I think I had him as my QB five or six. He's he's jumped up to QB one for me in this class. Malik Willis has all the tools. We've talked about him a lot on this show early before the season, early in the season, during the season. Like he, He's a constant topic, and he's going to continue to be that. Because I think we can all admit he has the tools. He could be a very good quarterback. Does he have some things he needs to improve on? Absolutely. I think if he goes into the NFL and he is given a shot to sit for a year or two, a la Jordan Love has been right now in Green Bay behind Aaron Rodgers, that he could possibly end up being a very good quarterback, not just in the NFL, but for fantasy purposes 
as well. I don't think he goes out there and is a starter right now, but I think overall it, it is it is a good class. I mean, you've not only got those two at the top, Felix, you you love yourself some Carson Strong. I think he has a chance to be a very good quarterback. You know, it, it's changed a little bit, obviously, with Jaden Daniels not necessarily performing as well uh, as I thought he could. And man, for the life of me, I cannot think of any of the other quarterbacks at the moment that I wanted to to mention here. I mean, I'm high on Desmond Ritter. I know a lot of other people aren't. I think he has a chance to be a day two pick and, and possibly a backup quarterback in the NFL. You know, Keaton Slovis is not that, so I'm not, is I'm not that, worried about Keaton. Is that notable, Matt? Is that notable? Like he is. has a chance to be a backup quarterback in the NFL? Like not I, I like if that's the guy that we're talking about as like adding depth to the class, I I don't know. Well, yeah, backup quarterbacks matter. I mean, look at what we're about to get this weekend. No, 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 no. Quiet, Felix. You're muted anyway, or your microphone's not working. <laughs> like, P.J. Walker is about to start this week for Carolina. Like, it matters to have a good backup quarterback for super flex leagues and everything. Desmond Ritter, maybe he's a guy that you'll be able to pick up off the waiver wire. I don't know. But if you have him on your team, that is going to matter because he's gonna he might get a shot. And you're talking about a uh my goodness, what's his name? Yeah, Mike White. I mean, like Luke just mentioned in the in the comics. And why, why can I not remember his name now? Uh Minnesota, who do they draft again? Come on, help me. Kellamont. They're talking about him possibly taking over for Kirk Cousins in a year or two. You cannot tell me Desmond Ritter is not better than Kellamont. You don't know that he's not gonna get a shot. He's better than Kelly. I'm thinking in dynasty rookie drafts, I'm not going to be excited to take Desmond Ritter as the next Kellen Mond. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. Listen, for, for, we're talking about talking about Malik Willis. Here's the saving grace is that the NFL has moved to these offenses where, where teams just don't turn the ball over and the coaches scheme it up that way. So he could potentially be, you know, in the NFL, I don't see him being a you know, 70% passer or a 65% passer. Maybe he's a between 55 and 60% passer, and then he's getting you a lot of rushing yards. I mean, that's – I feel like that's what an NFL team is going to have to be okay with if they're going to take him with first-round draft capital. And that could work for your fantasy teams. I mean, if he's, you know, used at the goal line – uh, and is used essentially as a, as a fullback. I don't know that he's built that way. That's I just have questions about Malik Willis, and I have questions about the quarterback class and the 2022 class overall. I mean, Matt, you have tweeted, you've tweeted that you think it's stronger than people say. Well, I've been I've been one of the biggest critics of the 2022 class. So is Austin uh, at times. So I'm just I'm just saying well, I'm just saying. No, and that's fine to be a critic of it. I, I think you. Maybe the issue I have with some of the way you guys view this class is like, oh, if, if we don't have five guys that are going to be QB1s in this class, it's a shitty class. That's not going to happen. Rarely ever. Like, you guys are sitting here shitting on Desmond Ritter possibly being a backup quarterback. But at the end of the day, that actually does matter, mm -hmm. not just for fantasy, but for the NFL. And maybe you don't draft him in your rookie drafts. That's fine. I'm not Can we put that, that on you. the poll? Austin, can you put that on the poll? Do backups quarterback matter? I mean, Shane, Shane Bichelle is a backup quarterback now, isn't he? I mean, he sucks. I don't know. I'm not saying he doesn't, but that's my point. A good backup quarterback matters in Superflex, in fantasy, and NFL. I'm not telling you to draft Desmond Ritter in the second round of your rookie draft, but I'll, I'll take him in the fourth round because you know what else? The depth in the other positions is is not as good. I'm not going to take that, a, let, I don't know. Let's say who. that Desmond Ritter goes to like, I don't know. I'm just going to make up a destination in a round, okay? Let's say he goes to Miami in the third. 
there's no trade this offseason. He's cl- and he's clearly to his backup. Like there's no he doesn't usurp him. If Tua goes down and you have, you know, his his presumptive handcuff, aren't you just assuming that you're fucked for the season anyway from a dynasty perspective? <laughs> I mean, like, have you watched Tua play this year? No, I actually don't know that Desmond he, hasn't he gotten be much worse. 20, 20 plus points in two of the last three games at least. In, and then yeah, he missed the last one. In, yeah, in like two of the last four or five. Yeah. So two so, games this, out of the nine we played this season, he's put up 20 points. Oh, amazing quarterback. I mean, fantasy. I just picked a random team. You can send them send to Seattle to back up Russ Wilson. If Russ Wilson gets hurt, you're fucked. Yeah. Like, so I don't like you don't care. Yeah. I, I, it I, this does is the type of question. This is the type of question where if we were on a sports radio show, we would be taking calls right now to hear Gus from Wisconsin. So, no. So, hang on. So, if you on, had on Mike White quarterbacks and fantasy. backing up Zach Wilson, you're telling me that you're fucked. You, nobody drafted Mike no, Nobody but drafted But that's Mike my point. White. And no, I'm Zach not Wilson saying that Mike QB3. White was expected <laughs> to be this. But if Desmond Ritter is able to go out there, and again, you're you're talking to, like, no offense to Carson Strong, I think he's better than Desmond Ritter. If we're talking about a guy who can't do anything, except throw the ball, and he's not even that good at that, which I'll admit, Desmond Ritter's not the most accurate quarterback. He struggles with that part of it, but he can use his legs. If he goes to a Seattle and he backups Russell Wilson, yeah, if Russell Wilson goes down, I trust him more than I trust Geno Smith, and Geno Smith is actually putting up points for fantasy. So, no, your no, season's not. not over. Like, you're, you 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 guys base this solely on Last top. You like you look at the top end of the positions, you two specifically, and it annoys the hell the out of me. quarterback, if you do not have that, top options at quarterback, you are limiting your your fantasy team more than, in, in my opinion, maybe any other position except for running back, which you can sometimes catch the hot hand. If you don't have the, the fantasy team that has Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr starting and is running the table is 1% of the teams out there at the beginning of the season, we challenged, we said, if any listeners can send us proof that they're going to win their dynasty league with and like any two quarterbacks that are sub QB 16, we would give them a free year to campus to Canton. And guess what? We might get one person that does it. It doesn't hey, happen. But that one championship matters. It, I mean, you can say right. it doesn't happen, but one person just did it. So it does happen. Let us know what you think about the 2022 quarterback class. If you at David Debate uh, gmail.com. We haven't taken emails in a long time. We need to check that email. There might be somebody, somebody might have sent us some money or something like that. We need to check that that inbox. Uh or uh, at David Debate on uh David Debate on, on Twitter. Um, how do you feel? What's your confidence level in the 2022 quarterback class? I think we have confidence in the 2023 wide receiver class. I uh, had a Jackson- point. I had a point. I had oh, a point I'm sorry. We go go ahead, Austin. I just had a quick point before we go to this. Because I actually wasn't going to shit on Malik Willis, even though I don't think he's a good quarterback. He's the kind of quarterback where I'm going to be tempted to take him once just to hedge because he has the tools. But just listen to some stat lines here, guys, okay? I'm going to throw out these three stat lines and then and then see what you guys think. So 23 for 40, 174 yards, two interceptions. This is a college game. Bad game, right? Yeah. That, 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 is, yeah. Not, that is not particularly good. Let me find the other two here. Apologies. They, they went away. Um, 15 for 30 for 130 yards and three interceptions. It's a bad game, right? 13 yes. for 31 for 174, 171 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions. That's a bad game, right? Those are games that that in order here, Josh Allen, Jordan Love, and Lamar Jackson had in their senior years against team or again in their final year against teams that just blatantly had a talent overmatch against them. Josh Allen played Iowa. 
Jordan Love played LSU, and uh, Lamar Jackson played that really good Mississippi State team back in 2017. So just to answer this question, you can't take anything from this game about Malik Willis. And I don't even, I am one of Malik Willis's harshest critics. And I don't think you can take anything away from this because he was running for his life the entire game. There was nobody open. And quite frankly, he didn't do anything to help himself. But this is not learning tape. This is not, I will probably won't even watch, like sit down and watch that game as learning tape because you just cannot take anything away from it. Now, can you take anything away from Middle Tennessee? I don't know if you can take anything away from that either, but th- like, I think the reaction, like if you already, I, I, I like it, this performance, I hate Lamar. I hate Malik Willis as a, as a player. And I, this has not dropped my opinion of him at all. And it shouldn't, if it does, then it's bad process. That's a good uh, poll on that stat, Austin. Um, all right. Moving on here to the 2023 wide receiver class. It's something where we are developing our faith in that class. Jackson Smith and Jigba against Nebraska had his best performance of his young career thus far. 15 for 240, 75. He had a 75 yard touchdown, one touchdown. Excuse me, 75 yards for a touchdown. Um, but let's let's use 2023 to talk about, or excuse me, Jackson Smith and, and Jigba's performance to talk about the 2023 class as a whole uh, at wide receiver. We got Kayshawn Boutte. Um, number one, Jackson Smith and Jigba, number two, Josh Downs, number three, Rakeem Jarrett, who is having a down year, number four, Quentin Johnston, number five, Marvin Mims is currently six, Jermaine Burton, who we are giving him the benefit of the doubt, it seems, because he's been injured and hasn't played. He's number seven, uh, Parker, Parker Washington, Jordan Addison, and then Jalen McMillan. Somebody's going to have to explain Jalen McMillan to me. And Austin, I believe he was one of your guys. Um, but what should our confidence level be in the 2023 wide receiver class, Austin? Should we be trading for 2023 picks, not for not just for the running backs, but also for this wide receiver class? Um, the answer to that that first little part is no. Um, I don't believe in in like uh, I, I've we, Matt and I've had this discussion on Twitter before. I think where a, a rookie class is only as good as the quarterbacks or the running backs will take it. It's why twenty twenty two is perceived as not a very good class. It's why twenty twenty one was thought of as really good because it had five quarterbacks. The year before that had four or five running backs. Twenty nineteen again did not, and that's why it was perceived as weak. So 2023 is going to be buoyed by the running backs. We only really have one quarterback, maybe two that we like. So I I wouldn't necessarily go trading for these picks because there are wide receivers there. But I do just want to say, you know, you, you say, you know, why do we have Jalen McMillan number 10 in weighted dominator rating this year? He's outperforming every single guy there. That's at the bottom of that list. Jermaine Burton, Parker Washington, uh, and Marvin Mims and in uh, uh, receiving yards or what is it? What is, what's the other metric here that I'm using? On uh, receiving yards per team pass attempts, uh, he is only below Marvin Mims. He's doing great. Washington just can't throw the ball worth shit. Their whole coach, they just fired their offense coordinator. Their coach got suspended for punching a kid in the face. Like that team's imploding. Jalen McMillan's doing fine. Um, but I mean, at the top of the class, I, I think you really only have two, two guys, maybe three that are really exciting. You have Keishon Boutte, JSN. And then I think like, if you have to bet on a guy, you take Quentin Johnson just because he's so big and he's so fast. Like I like if you asked me to project Josh Downs to the NFL, I would not feel amazing doing that, even though I've been one of Downs' biggest fans over the past few years. He's just a smaller guy and he doesn't necessarily separate in the short and intermediate that often. He's really good downfield. 
So that's just kind of scary. Rakeem Jarrett, I, I've been just totally disappointed by him this year. I don't know where I'm going to drop him yet. He's falling. Uh, Marvin Mims, disappointing year. So I, I, I'm not buying picks because I feel good about this wide receiver class. If anything, I think this wide receiver class is underwhelmed as a whole this year outside the top two. There are some good athletes in this class. Jermaine Burton, even though he's been injured, he was the fastest man when he tested at the uh, at the I forgot what that competition is called. Quentin Johnson is a big six foot four, lanky, fast guy who can also run after the catch. I agree with you on your assessment on on Josh Downs. I think that he'll test very well. Jackson Smith and Jigba, the the crafty guy, and then Kayshawn Boutte is you know he's having a better career than than um, Jamar Chase did at LSU. So. Uh, and I still really, I really like Parker Washington. I really like Parker Washington. Austin, you and I did a trade where I demanded that you include Parker Washington in that, in, in that trade. So easiest, uh, easiest accept I ever had. Please take <laughs> Parker Washington off my hand, Mr. Sharp. Well, you gave me JK Dobbins too. So, um, all right, let's, uh, Matt, Matt, w- what's your confidence level in this 2023 wide receiver class? I mean, based off what Austin just said, zero. There's apparently only two guys we're talking about in the top 12, right? So the rest of them just suck. I mean, why even worry about them? It's a horrible class. No, I I mean, Kayshawn Boutte's a stud. JSN, you know, me and Colin actually just talked a little bit about this class on Debbie Wire recently. Uh, I think JSN has a chance to jump in. For both of us, Kayshawn Boutte is the only tier one wide receiver in that 2023 class. But I do think JSN has a chance to jump up into it. With um, what? What's so what's so crazy about that? JSN is not a tier one for you guys. Not right now. Phew. I, I mean, it's not because of his talent. What's he done production wise? Just saying, Kayshawn Butte was able to do it. Um, but I think next year he's going to jump up there because he's going to be the guy at Ohio State, and we're going to get to see him perform. I do like Quentin Johnston. I, I was talking about him. I'm, I'm going to mention a little bit more about him here in a little bit. You know, I was talking about him before he even came into college to TCU. I, outside of them, I mean, I do like Josh Downs. Uh, you know, I talked about it a lot with Calvin Austin. I think these smaller guys are, are getting more of a role here in the NFL, so I'm not that worried about it. I am worried about Rakeem Jarrett. Really, the rest of the people on that list. I mean, Jordan Addison and uh, McMillan are intriguing to me because they have been producing but I don't know that either one of them has legitimate like wide receiver one upside when they get to the NFL. They're probably more wide receiver twos, middle tier, bottom tier. So it still matters. As I just talked about that, it still matters for fantasy. So I still want to draft those guys, but I don't think they have the upside as like those top three guys, the Johnston, um, Jason and Butte. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I didn't want to highlight Jalen McMillan. He has 31 catches for 414 yards, three TDs, but, um, uh, Washington is on, has not even thrown for 2,000 yards this season. They're averaging 6.8 in an attempt. He's, uh, the quarterbacks are. Um, I, don't, I don't even know how this is possible that Dylan Morris and Sam Hewitt are only averaging 6.8 in an attempt, but McMillan is up to 13.4. So he is having, you know, he's uh, uh, consolidating the the target share there and, uh, is, and is playing well. He's a sec- second-year player. He's a, is he a freshman or is he, he's a sophomore? He's a second-year guy. He sat out like yeah. all of last. Like he played like one game last year, and, the, and they only played three or four at Washington. Like last year, he shows up as like nothing on the chart. I don't even count last year because there was just no opportunity. But he's above Jarek's magic line or right at it uh, in most of the important statistics. Um, this is what – this is, this is how we found DJ Moore when DJ Moore was coming out. I want to say that – I want to say that – 
Maryland threw for like 1,500 yards or two, maybe 2,000 yards that year. And DJ Moore had 1,000 yards receiving his, his junior year. So um, that way to dominate it dominated rating thing is something we really want to pay attention to all right austin let me turn it to you for some housekeeping sorry i had to i had to get a sip of water and the you housekeeping parched. gets a little intense yeah housekeeping gets a little intense all right guys i've got some things to say to you and you better shut up and listen first off if you haven't given us a five-star review yet on on whatever you listen to your podcast probably on apple Podcasts please go do so. We would really appreciate that. We do lots of giveaways. We haven't in a while, but, we, but we've done several of them in the past. And if you want to win things, that means you got a review. So if you guys go give us a five-star review, put anything you want, tell us that we, you know, we're good looking, that, that we have voices built for radio, whatever you want to tell us, and then just send us a screenshot of it at either at Debbie Debate on Twitter or to our email account, debbydebate at gmail.com, just so we can link a name to a review. We've had some issues with that in the past. Uh, if you don't do that, then we cannot give you anything. The Well, I just I just got off the phone, and the next 10 people who mm-hmm. leave a five-star rate and, re- and review will be entered into a drawing for $5 million. $5 million. So. Did you check with our lawyers mm-hmm. before you said that? I did. I did. Okay. Okay. Perfect. You, then you, you may or that. may not win. You may <laughs> or may not win. Tailgate and Coast to Coast, guys. Every Saturday, two live shows we do here at campusdecanton.com. The tailgate kicks off at 10 a.m. It goes till noon. Gets you ready for all of your CFF needs for the day, your DFS, your prize picks, your, your gambling, whatever you like to do. Gambling sounds like such a negative word. You're betting. Do those things. We talk about all of that. And then coast to coast at night usually kicks off around 10, 30, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We wrap up all of the day's uh, games for you. I just mentioned prize picks, guys. If you have not done that yet, it is a player prop website. It's really, really cool. Sign up. Promo code C2C. Get a $100 uh, uh, match on your first deposit. Well, up to a $100 match on your first deposit. And if you put a 20 bucks in, you get a free year subscription with us. That's pretty darn cool. That's usually 30 bucks. So we're knocking $10 off and we're going to help you win money while you do it. That just sounds like a great deal to me. And then lastly, guys, lastly, and we've been talking about a lot, a lot about this on the C2C pod as well. If you are a member, there is no reason for you not to be in the Discord, guys. We give out start sits, all sorts of different trade advice. We're talking 2022 freshman has been a hot topic this week. We've got... You know, we've got a couple hundred people in there. It's not just us. Lots of people. You can kind of ask the group, see what they think. All good things. And a lot of our questions tonight came from there. Shout outs to Sal, uh, Chris Moxley, App State Avery, and Mr. Luke Probasco, who I believe is in the comments right now, all gave us some things to talk about for tonight's show. So go check all of those things out. Felix, take it away. Yeah, and I don't remember whose suggestion this was, but this this suggestion did come from the Discord. It's our biggest hits and misses. We do a lot of talking. And I sometimes we even forget the takes that we've had on players. Um, actually, that, that's a lie. I don't, I don't forget the, the hits. I, don't, I definitely don't forget the hits. I might forget some of the misses, though. But Matt Bruning, uh, why don't you give me some of your uh, hits and misses from this season? <laughs> All right, so I will start uh, with my misses first. <clears throat> Excuse me. My goodness. <clears throat> the uh, the free square here is Kyle McCord. Obviously, I, I touted him all season to end up winning that job. I uh, still believe in his talent, but that was obviously a clear miss on my part. Austin Jones, running back from Stanford. We talked about him on the My Guys thing. I, I talked about him possibly having a good season, maybe even jumping up as like the RB5 in this class. 
that did not happen. He he has really not had a good season at all. I don't even know if him going back to Stanford next year is going to help him with as bad as that team looks. Uh, Mookie Cooper, I mean, Austin never really took me up on a bet. He probably should have at this point because he would have won whatever we agreed upon because uh, Mookie Cooper, I don't even know if he still plays for Missouri. I think he entered the witness protection program. I, I don't I don't even know if he's playing college football anymore. His, his name's Craig Smith. He drives a... A, a water delivery truck out and out near San Francisco. And that's, yeah, that's what Mookie yeah. Cooper does now. Uh, the other two, I don't know that Grant Gannell would have won the job, especially with as good as Seth Hennigan looks, but, but the injury there I think is more why he didn't. And Raymond Davis as well. I, I touted those guys pretty heavily this off season, both got injured. I still think Raymond has a chance to, to do something. Not that he's going to be on a great team at Vanderbilt. I honestly have no idea what ha- happens with Gannell. I mean, that, I, He's not going back to Memphis because he's not going to beat out Seth Hennigan now. So where does he transfer to for the new school for a second time? How does that even affect him? Because I don't know that he has his free transfer now, so he may have to sit a year. I, I mean, he he may unfortunately kind of be done for, for that. Uh, am I doing my hits now too, or are we just talking my misses? No, go, go through. Do it go all. Ahead. Do it yeah, all. Do it all. So, By the way, let me know who your guys are next year because they all got hurt. So I'll just make sure I ship all those guys off before the I mean, season. There's only two of them. I was very and, and, and Matt, be happy. Cooper I mean. Cooper got hurt at the beginning of the year, and that that I think that's what messed him uh, up. Okay, well. so three of them. But and yeah, I but think, my hits. I think Jones missed some time too. My Wait, let me just say I listen about. to Fantasy Roundtable, and you're so pleasant on there, and then you come on this show, and you're just whoa, whoa, whoa now. He's being very, very kind right now. Yeah, what are you talking about? I'm allowed to get upset that you guys don't like. Well, I'm I'm not even upset about it. You guys just you you talk about the you, for the guy who you know shoots from deep, as you always say. You're like an elitist when it comes to certain players. So that's all that you know. If they're if they're My not a top five baby. player at the position, they don't matter. That's that's all I took away from the I conversation. Mean, if you want to, you need to let something off your chest. I mean, go ahead. This is what. No, that's for. all I had to say. So. I'm good. You seem to think I'm upset because you made my name. Where's it? There we go. I'm I'm butter bruning now. I'm not. I'm good. I'm I'm okay with it. I made my point. I think Desmond Ritter matters so far. The poll is very much in my favor. So we're we're good. We're good, baby. We're Gucci. As, as the kids say. Burners. I don't have any burners. I did text Colin though <laughs> to text with all of his burners if he could. All right. So, anyways, my hits. Uh, Kenneth Walker. He's been amazing this year. Talked about him. We were supposed to actually do a show, and then uh, I believe. Alfred bailed and then Felix got tired and decided he didn't want to do it anymore. So, uh, but I was going to do a big whole thing on how I thought Kenneth Walker was going to have an amazing season. Talked a lot about him on Twitter, a couple of these shows as well. Um, he's, I mean, jumped himself up to probably at least RB three in this class. Drake London. I was the highest guy on him on the website. I talked about him. We had uh, on our rankings round table chat came in and we were talking about him a little bit on that. Talked about, how I thought he could go out there and have a really good year. I was a little bit worried about him always being in the slot. We talked a lot about it this year. He went outside. 86% of his uh, snaps have been outside. Over over 1,084 yards, seven touchdowns, an eight out of 9.2, 88 catches. I think he would have likely won the Bolitnikoff this year had he not got injured. So I guess there's another guy that I was touting that ended up getting injured. So it's starting to look bad for me here. Uh, Calvin Austin was a guy, both him and Jalen Cropper were guys I talked about on the My Guys segment. Uh, They're both having really good seasons. Uh, Cropper's been a little bit injured. I think he'd be having a better year had he not. Calvin Austin, I've talked about before. I know this is really starting to sound bad. Because uh, uh, Calvin Austin, I think, you know, has a realistic shot at getting drafted in round three or four and, and producing. What I found interesting with him, too, um, 
He's been outside 89% of his snaps. I don't know that he does that in the NFL. I think he is more of a slot wide receiver, but I do think it's encouraging that he can win on the outside here in the college, granted not playing the greatest competition. Uh, and then last but not least, another guy who ha- has dealt with injury but did only miss, I believe, like half a game, Quentin Johnston. And I, I talked about him before. I uh, wrote an article on him talking about I thought he could be one of the better players in that class, uh, and I really like what he's done. He's been amazing. So those are probably some of my greatest hits this season. I'll go next. Why not? Um, I'll break up the animosity here between dad and dad. Um, so let me uh, let me let me forge on here. So in the my guys episode, uh, I, I gave five names. I feel like I got like two and a half correct. I, I said Brennan Armstrong was one. I said Jerome Ford was one. Those guys have both you know significantly increased their value this year. I said Jalen McMillan was one of the names, and I think he, you know like we said he, he's above Jarek's magic line. Uh, if you've used any of the tools over to campusdecant.com, you know what I'm talking about there, but his analytical profile is rounding out pretty nice, even though it's a, a low volume. And if you're in a campus Decant league, you probably don't want to start Jalen McMillan, but, but he has been fine uh, on the underlying stuff. Uh, the other two names I said there, Jaden Wally, who's been okay recently. He's been like very consistent. He's ha- he gets like 40 yards and a touchdown every single game, but like he hasn't done what I thought he would this year. I would consider him a miss. And then Michael Jackson, the third was my other name who really hasn't played a snap at all at USC. That was moderately in- expected. He's always kind of a, a second year guy there. Um, so we'll see if he gets any run next year. If he doesn't early in the year, um, that is certainly a miss. I will say I'm actually going to talk about my two big misses for the year because those are the ones that are kind of ringing the most to me. I don't necessarily need to talk about my hips or yeah, my hips, Mm -hmm. my my hits that much. Um, But I will say I absolutely nailed the zero QB thing this offseason, like not to toot my own horn. But not only did I like give you guys the freaking (laughs) blueprint to a perfect campus to Canton draft, I also gave you all the fucking names to do it as well. So you're very, very welcome if you haven't read that article series or listened to it the solo pod I did on that. You should really go listen to that. Um, in retrospect, just gets more and more right every single week. But the two, my two, the two things that have haunted me the most this season, my two biggest misses were Caleb Williams, who I had as my quarterback eight in this class. I saw the tools and I just said like, like this dude does not know how to play quarterback. He has shocked me in his development. Like I, I thought it would take him a year or two to learn how to play in structure he looks great doing it at Oklahoma. I, I am just floored. Uh, there, there might not be a quarterback I would take in college uh, in terms of Debbie over him right now. And then the other big miss for me was Brock Bowers. And it was a totally different miss because I actually have in campus to Canton a lot of Brock Bowers. And I kind of sent a disparaging tweet about him in late summer that got a lot of pushback. And it was not, I didn't like Brock Bowers. It was... He's he's playing a position that is not currently really in vogue. He's third at best on the depth chart behind two mega talents and Eric Gilbert and Darnell Washington. And I suppose I should have predicted that Eric Gilbert would fall apart mentally and that Darnell Washington would be out the first six weeks of the season with an injury. Brock Bowers established himself and is all of a sudden like the tight end two in Debbie. Um, so jokes on me, I guess that I did not predict those things, but I, I think is another lesson in, you know, the talent over the opportunity and hoping that the talent comes to the top. So those are kind of my hits and misses so far. Yeah. For this season. Yeah. I'm going to pick it up right there with you because, uh, 
I mean, I had Caleb Williams was – I had him ranked pretty low as far as the freshmen go. Um, but Brock Vandergriff was my number one quarterback. And I saw – and I, you know, I saw Oklahoma spring game and in, in, uh, raised Caleb Williams' ranking. I saw Georgia spring game. And, I, and Brock, Brock Vandergriff is losing snaps to Jackson Muschamp and just didn't really look good, looked erratic, um, looked antsy back there and dropped him down. He's someone that I could absolutely see uh, transferring. Um, and so, yeah, that core. And then there were reports that he didn't have a great um, uh, level of competition in, at, his, in, at his high school ranks. So something to pay attention to. Troy O'Meary's a guy that I had been touting. I'm still actually really high on I, I just redid my wide receiver rankings. I think I had him at 14 or something like that. I only dropped him to round 20, 19, 20. I think that if he is healthy, if he is healthy, he is absolute uh, a vacuum cleaner as far as he has excellent hands. He has good speed for his size. He's a excellent catch radius. Excuse me. And just throw it near a zip code. If he can be healthy, if he can be healthy, I think that he's going to be a player that produces. But he's now um, not been healthy for two consecutive seasons. So he's going into his third year. He's going to have to produce. Uh, I'm looking at my, my guy. We had an episode on May 19th of 2021. And my my guys are Troy Mire. Anthony Richardson, who I'm, I consider a hit. Um, people have seen what he can do. Great athlete. He's got to work on his athlete, but all, or excuse me, on his accuracy. But all the tools are there, and he should be starting if he's if he is healthy. Um, but then Brian Bate. I this is shooting from deep. Brian Bate was one of my guys, one of the smallest running backs in the country. They have him listed at five eight. I don't think that that dude is five eight. They have him listed at one seventy. I don't think that he's uh, one hundred and seventy pounds. Um, but he has been in a time split. He's been in a timeshare despite averaging 6.2 yards a carry. He had 10 uh, carries against Florida A&M. He had 100 yards. He had 12 carries against Temple and had um, 77 yards. But he has, he's had games with one carry, three, one, seven, two, six, five. I mean, they're just not using him. And they did have two. Uh, they, they even got a transfer from uh, Colorado Detroit, by way of Detroit King and Jerry Mangum. Uh, d- down there and um, the, he's just he hasn't been utilized the way I thought he would Chris Smith down there with um, uh, Billy Napier at the University of Louisiana he's been fine he's been fine as of late he's had some injuries um, he still has another year of eligibility I, I you know I've started him a time or two and have been um, uh, he's been okay he hasn't been the monster that I thought I thought that all of the all of the uh, the carries were going to go to him after the departure of Elijah Mitchell and Trey Regis, and, and no, they still they still use a three man uh, c- a committee there. So, um, and Brennan Presley, Brennan Presley, uh, Austin said Mike uh, Mike Gundy does not use slot wide receivers; he uses boundary wide receivers, and he was right. However, Brennan Presley has played well. Recently, he even got he got on you got mossed. I mean, Brendan Presley is an excellent athlete. He's one of their better players. I think that better days are ahead for him. But we're not seeing the expl- we haven't seen the explosive game yet this season the way we saw in that bowl game against Miami. But I think that that is absolutely in him. I think that it's in him. Um, Tyler Van Dyke. I called Tyler Van Dyke. The uh, we identified we identified each identified a potential Joe Burrow candidate. I picked Tyler Van Dyke. I thought that he would be behind both Derek King and Jake Garcia there. 
but he's not. I mean, I think that there's an argument that he is the third best quarterback in the 2023 class. Um, so um, Tyler Van Dyke was a hit. Mario Williams. Um, I had both he and JoJo Earl ranked highly. I had JoJo Earl ranked. I think I had both of them in the top 10, but I, but I had JoJo Earl ranked, ranked well ahead of both Ajay Hall and Ja'Cory Brooks, were you going to say something else? That's top 10 out of all wide receivers, right? Out that of wasn't all just wide in their receivers. class, yes. No, just not to, just in just their class. Punt, yeah, out of all out. wide receivers, I had Mario Williams and JoJo Earl um, ranked in my in my top 10. And again, uh, uh, Earl well above a guy Hall in, in Ja'Cory Brooks, even though he was, um, according to 24-7 rankings, he was the third best wide, the third amongst those Alabama wide receivers. Um, I think... Austin and I, I believe we have a um, a bet, and I can't remember what the number is. I can't remember it's four hundred and twenty-five or four hundred and seventy-five. But he's yeah. getting yeah. he's getting close to that number. Um, he's got three hundred nineteen yards on the season, and so I'm going to be really excited to uh, see. I felt he, great I about go. that bet until they switched quarterback. <laughs> I was like, there's no way he gets even close to that here with Spencer Rattler because Rattler yeah. didn't even care about this kid at all. Yeah, I was yeah. so good about it. And uh, he's such a versatile player. He can run routes. He can go deep. You can give him the ball in the backfield. He's a very twitchy player. Both Earl and uh, Mario Williams are twitchy wide receivers, and I really like uh, that type of player. So those are some of my hits and misses that I can remember. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've got other ones. Mayan Williams, hit. Mayan Williams is a hit. Matt Bruning shaking shaking his head right there. All right, boys. Yeah, I haven't said this in a while. Are we ready for the Debbie debates? Yes. No. Austin is Austin. Yes, yes, I'm ready. ready. Um, The Debbie debates today were inspired by a uh, uh, suggestion by App State Avery in the Discord. I don't know that we can be as targeted to his suggestion as, I mean, it's really something that we could spend, you know, a thousand or uh, fifteen hundred words on in an article. But here is the uh, the post. Might be too short notice for this to be a topic, but I'd love a deep dive into players with high Debbie value that have slumped in value and how many uh, how many end up rebounding in value. Basically, a study on whether buying low on a Debbie guy in a slump is ever really worthwhile a worthwhile endeavor. Or if a slump in Debbie more often than not shows that a player was a miss by the community. I mean, this is something that I think that we would need Jarek's help on to identify. And it's it's tough because we're talking about a player who had high Debbie value, who lost it and then regained it all in uh, uh, three, you know, potentially three years. And so um, some players that I was thinking that could kind of fit this mold, and this isn't one of our Debbie debates, but Kenneth Walker was one Matt Bruning. I think his, you know, his, um, I don't, I'm not sure how high his, de- his Debbie value was to start. And then it was middling and then at Vanderbilt and then transfers to Michigan state. And now it's through the roost. Trey Knox. There was a time when Trey, when Trey Knox and Traylon Burks had equal value. You can even argue that Trey Knox had a uh, superior value and Trey Knox is slumping. So he's someone that we could track to see if potentially next year could he regain his value uh ramon davis who you mentioned earlier but that's really due to injury tank bigsby because he's kind of been splitting carries with brian harson his value slightly dipped i think that you know you're still going to have to pay a lot to get tanks bigsby which i would do if he i mean this is if there's a buying window for tanks bigsby i would go buy him 
And then Troy Omire, who I mentioned earlier, um, but he, uh, that's really due to injury. So what we've done to kind of recognize this question is I've put together um, player comparisons who have had a recent uh, dip in value or they maybe either this year or last year have had a dip in value. And I want to know who is the player that you guys would rather have and why. Matt Burning, I'm going to throw the first one to you. And all of these are posted. Are they posted on our Twitter page, Austin? They went live within the past 20 minutes or so here. Okay, okay. All of these questions are posted on our Twitter page, at Debbie debate so the first one matt burning i feel like this is naturally and these were hard to come up with because you had to have somewhat of an equal value for there to be a comparison at all so let's start at the top of who we had the number one and number two quarterbacks in this class dj uyunglele and spencer rattler matt burning who would you rather have for the future uh dju uh, his upside last year is better than anything I've seen out of Spencer Rattler in his two years. So uh, I think Spencer Rattler may have the chance to rebound his stock better because he has a – he, I think, is going to almost have a choice of where he goes. If DJU doesn't transfer, I honestly don't see Clemson's offense getting any better. So I don't know how much better DJU is going to look next year, but I would take DJU for his upside and going into the NFL. I, I think I'd, I'd like his skill set more. Austin, go ahead. I'm actually I will I'll take the opposite side of that um, partially just because it's you know good content and partially because I think that 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 there are some key reasons why maybe I, I would prefer Spencer Rattler DJU so oh, I, I'm not I'm not gonna try to you know disparage DJU I think he was a you know a five star prospect coming out of high school obviously has the pedigree there DJU's entire reputation though is basically built off that five-star status and one game against notre dame last year like really but yeah he played poorly in that game and they came back though like i i mean if there's a, a case of a kid who has because of his recruiting status is going to get every chance in the world and he's done nothing with it I think DJU falls very squarely into that category. And while Spencer Rattler has obviously had, you know, a lot of poopy games over the years, he's also had some really, really good ones. I mean, down the stretch last year, I thought he was extremely effective. I'm trying to pull up his game logs right now. I mean, down the stretch last year, the last four games, he completed 71% of his passes, 71%, 64, and 61 Average, it looks like, just doing quick math in my head, about 250 yards and three touchdowns each of those games against Oklahoma State, Baylor, Iowa State, and Florida. I mean, that's a pretty tough four-game stretch there that I thought he was excellent in. And more, more, maybe most importantly, only through one interception in those four games combined. I mean, so I think, you know, he obviously mentally has a lot of things that he needs to, to clean up, but give me the guy that's shown it over the guy that 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 did it like one time maybe. My See, argument I, we're against talk, that, we're talking about the my, my oh, argument against that is he's Lincoln Riley's quarterback. A lot of those, if you actually go watch the games, he's hitting guys who are wide open. I don't, I mean, Caleb Williams in what what has he started now? Four games has looked ten times be better than that, yeah. Spencer Rattler has ever looked. And, I mean, I, 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 I think agree. you're underselling Spencer a little bit. I, I thought he was very, very, you know. He was okay. Good down the stretch last year, I thought, personally. I think Spencer Rattler has had more games where he's shown consistency with his physical tools. But 
if we're talking about going to the next level, I don't know that people are going to like Spencer Rattler. I, this has been my problem with him the entire time. And DJ Uyunglele has the same physical tools, or or, or better, or more impressive. I mean, he has a he has a rocket for an arm. Um, he can move, even though he's reluctant. He's a very similar athlete in a bigger body than Spencer Rattler. So, um, and, and DJ, you played decently against against uh, U of L this past weekend. So I, I think for that reason, I'm going to go with DJ Uyunglele. I'm going to agree with Matt Bruning here. The next one, Jadon Hazelwood, who was the number one wide receiver, what, in the 2019 class? Or, or Trey Knox, the aforementioned Trey Knox. Uh, Austin Nace, who are you taking between those two? Now, Jadon Hazelwood, mind you, has had a recent rebound in value, but he, it's really as a result of being used in the red zone. It's not like he's running away from people or anything like that. So who would you? Who do you got? I'm going to take Hazelwood. It was actually really interesting. I, I was pretty high on Trey Knox a couple years ago. I remember he was great in their spring game as a true freshman and then was really, really good his freshman year. I believe he outperformed Traylon Burks there. Um, but he's just done nothing, and he's been in the coach's doghouse for a lot of it. I remember last year, like, he wasn't playing, wasn't playing, and the coach was like – they would ask – Pittman about it and he was like well you know if guys aren't doing what they're not supposed to do they're not going to play or whatever I was like oh shit like that's like about the most negative thing you're going to hear a coach say about a player um and the announcers this past weekend kept talking about him moving to tight end which was like really really weird commentary as I was listening to that game I was like what this dude is like a stick like, I don't think he can do that but I, I mean Hazelwood like you said you know this season a bit of a rebound he's finally healthy 33 catches 316 yards six touchdowns I don't think either have a lot of, you know, the ceiling isn't there, but I, th- I think I'll take Hasselwood if I have to. If I have to pick one, I agree. Uh, I don't know that Knox can rebound anything next year. I mean, with Burks going, I don't know that he can be the alpha in that offense. I mean, I, I know we keep talking about KJ Jefferson and how he's continued to be more and more impressive, but I, outside of outside of that year, I haven't seen anything from Knox this, this year that tells me he can help carry an offense like Burks can. Uh, so I don't know that he rebounds his stock that much. I think Hazelwood probably ends up with better draft capital, maybe not by much. Maybe he gets drafted in the fifth round or sixth round compared to Knox going even possibly later than that. So I, I take Hazelwood, but kind of with Dawson, I don't think either one has anything like NFL-wise I'm, I'm hoping for when they hit my roster. That freshman season for Trey uh, for uh, Trey Knox, 28 receptions for 385 yards, three touchdowns, um, which is good for a freshman season. Followed that up in 2020 with seven receptions for 70 yards. He has nine receptions for 63 yards this year. So you're talking about a dip in value. You got a dip in value. However, he should be the number. Well, is it he or Keychon Keytron Jackson who's going to be the number one wide receiver next year? Yeah, that's the other issue with that. Yeah. So, um, but he, I mean, he had, he's six foot five. He has good size, six foot five, two fifteen. I don't, I don't. I don't even want to answer this. I don't even want either of these guys. I don't know that I'm gravitating towards either of them. Now, this next one was going to the tight end ranks. Theo Johnson, who I think we all consider one of the best athletes at the position in the country, who is also in that Penn State uh, strength and conditioning program, but who really hasn't done anything. Or Isaac Rex, the I think that he – He's a he's a he is technically a second year player, but he's already three years removed from high school. Um, who had an excellent season last year with Zach Wilson at the helm, led the country in touchdowns uh, at, at the tight end position. 
but has had a, a, a subpar season this season. Matt Bruning, who are you picking between these two? I am easily taking Theo Johnson, and that's solely projecting Drew Aller showing up next year and completely bailing out this Penn State offense. Uh, I, I mean, you just mentioned him being in the Penn State program. Mike Gesicki, not that I can remember, and I could be wrong on this. I don't think he was ever like super fantastic at, at Penn State. He was he was decent at times. He showed the athleticism, goes out, like blows up the combine with his with his testing scores. And now look at what he's doing in the NFL. I think Theo Johnson can go out and do almost the same thing, especially with having Drew Aller. I think he can be a focus point of that offense. You know, you got Parker Washington, Jahan Dotson, I doubt comes back. I don't think he pulls a Chris Olave and comes back. So I think that Parker Washington and Johnson are probably the the top two targets there for Penn State. Whether Franklin comes or goes, I don't think that really matters with Aller coming in. So I would I would take Aller. I'll take Aller. I would take Johnson. Theo Johnson is playing behind Brennan Stringy or Strange Strange. They have string str- I don't is it strange or stringy? Strange. Brenton Strange. Strange. Brenton Strange. Um, Strange has 14 receptions. Theo Johnson has 13. You know, but he is he is playing behind Strange. On the other hand, Isaac Rex showed that he was a problem in the red zone last year. I mean, I don't care how old he is. He was an absolute problem. And I think that he could potentially come out this year and be drafted in the fourth, fifth round or so. And at least through two seasons, we need. Theo Johnson couldn't come out. He couldn't come out. He was not eligible. But he would really have to have a productive season next year or test really well uh, in in order to be drafted. I think that Isaac Rex may already have some draft capital established a bit, but I feel like Austin is smirking at me, so I I don't know why. Well, first off, you didn't claim Theo Johnson as your own like you usually do. Come on. Give give us your – What, Windsor uh, stand? He's not – he's from Windsor. I can see I can see Windsor from my house. Come on, Mr. Detroit. I can see you across the border. Come on. He's Come from on. Windsor. Give it to us. You've done it before. <laughs> well, I've said that he can see the Renaissance Center from his high school, which is, yeah. I believe, that's true. I think I looked it up. Uh, Isaac Rex is not three years removed from high school, Felix. He's five years removed from high school. He's old as shit. He spent two years in Samoa on a mission. Give me Theo Johnson. This dude is a, a fucking man beating up on 19-year-old kids. For BYU that plays a terrible schedule. Next, we we've come Next. a long way from Austin not talking at all to cussing us out. Next, in two occasions today. Next, um, he's Next. he's going to be the next Hayden Hurst, is what Isaac Rex is going to be, which may not be a bad thing, but it's not a major producer in the NFL. All right, here is a really good one: George Pickens or his teammate Jermaine Burton, who has he feels like Jermaine Burton has played in three games. <laughs> this year, but that might be like, accurate. He, he has like two. He's had like two catches for or two or three catches for long, long touchdowns. Um, and George Pickens, obviously, the the uh, excellent freshman season before having you know an okay second season and then being injured this year. Matt Bruning, who are you preferring between these two? Man, I'm not even that big a fan of Pickens, and I'm going to take Pickens. I feel pretty easily here. Uh, he's got, I think, a lot more upside than than Burton does. And I just really quickly went to pull this up just to double check because I don't want to. Sp- I usually just tend to just like say stuff that's not necessarily true, so I wanted to double check this really quick. 
even in his injured um in his two seasons where again i think we could say quarterbacks held him back a little bit with pickens and then just inconsistency on the field he's still been better on jarek's magic line here with dot with up oh, dang it that was a wrong thing it reset on me now i'm probably gonna end up being wrong no, never mind. He he crossed the threshold in his freshman season and is right on the line in his second. Jermaine Burton's not even close to him in either season. And Burton, I, I, I would also say, I don't think Burton's done anything to jump him. And Pickens hasn't even taken a snap this year. And I think Pickens is going to test better. Even if Pickens doesn't come back and play the rest of this year and goes into the NFL combine, he's going to test better. He's just a bigger, better athlete. I don't know if he's a better athlete, but yeah, I mean, the, Jermaine Burton's entire, he's kind of like DJU, his entire, you know, facade or whatever is built on the back of one game against Mississippi State last year where he went eight catches for 197 yards and two touchdowns. Other than that, I mean, he didn't have a single, I mean, he had one game over, one other game over four catches last year. He didn't hit 100 yards in a single other game last year beyond that game. And then this year, he hasn't hit 100 yards a single time. Now, granted, this past weekend he had three for 76 and one, and he got tackled on the one yard line twice. So we could have had a three 76 and three. But I mean, I, I, I have a hard time fading any of these Georgia wide receivers because I mean, this offense is just, they've all been hurt. You've got the second string quarterback in, you've got Lad McConkey and Brock Bowers out here. Like you can just run the ball 40 times a game down somebody's throat. I actually don't really know how to read this Georgia offense and really any of the players on it, but I do feel better about George Pickens, who at least had that that really nice first year to hang his hat on over anything, any season that Burton has put together so far. Last year when he was a freshman against Alabama, um, Stetson Bennett was going away from George Pickens and throwing to uh, Jermaine Burton, and it's because Pickens could not separate from Patrick Sertain, and Burton was – having success against Josh Joby. Jermaine Burton can win at every level of the, he can win deep. He can weed intermediate. He can win short. He has just been injured, but he, I, I still believe he would be one of the best athletes when he tests. And we've seen the NFL gravitate away from wide receivers like George Pickens and towards wide receivers like Jermaine Burton. So I am going to take Jermaine Jermaine Burton, especially if like Pickens comes out this year. I mean, we just don't know. He didn't have a good season last year. We don't know what he's going to look like. And I don't think he's going to test well at all, to be honest with you. I mean, I think he's going to be. Would you be surprised if George Pickens ran a four seven? Yeah, no. I'd be surprised. You, I think he would? runs like I think he runs like a four six, which I think will be fine for him. Okay. All yeah. right. Four seven would shock me, especially because I think. Like I pretty, I I think that he doesn't plan on coming back this year. I mean, remember like Elijah there are Holyfield. whispers, but I don't think he does. Remember Elijah Holyfield. All right. Um, oh my God. Here, let's go to this one. Let's go to the. We got a couple of a couple left here. Um, Dracory Brooks or a guy Hall, uh, Matt Bruni. I'll just keep this simple and easy. It's Hall. I had him rated higher coming into the year. Neither one has done anything on the field to show me otherwise. Why not to go with that? So I'm going to stick with Hall. I will too, but I will say I think the thing that's encouraged. Well, I th I think Hall doesn't do it at Bam anymore. I've given up on that. Brooks plays special teams. He blocked a punt a couple weeks ago. I think Nick Saban is going to like him more, and Hall can leave and go somewhere else and be fine. And we've seen players play starters play special teams um, at at Alabama and at Ohio State. I really I really like that. Um, I 
uh, I guess I don't know. I'm taking Brooks, but I don't like either one of those guys' play styles, um, including a Jai Hall. All right, let's move on to the Clemson wide receivers. And that whole team has kind of taken a dip in value because they haven't been playing well. EJ Williams was good as a freshman last year. Bo Collins was the more highly touted uh, wide receiver this year, having played with B.A.J. Uyunglele in high school. And he caught a touchdown uh, this past week against UofL. Austin, Bo Collins, or EJ Williams? Neither. I don't think either of them ends up being like a legitimate NFL prospect. I mean, is that is that a non-satisfactory answer? If I can say that, I think both of them are going to be end up being bad. That's fine. I mean, Matt Bruning. I mean, I guess if I have to choose one, I'll take Collins. I'm taking EJ Williams. I'm taking EJ Williams because he, you know, has shown flashes. But I, uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to to say what's going to happen with the Tony Elliott offense. All right, um, Julian Fleming was the number one wide receiver in that 2020 class, uh, dominating there in Pennsylvania area in high school. Or Daniel Jackson, who is uh, there at wide receiver U in Minnesota with PJ Fleck. I think we had high expectations for Jan- – Dan- I know I did – had high expectations for Daniel Jackson. He flashed last year in late uh, as a freshman, which I think this is an easy one, Austin. I mean, this is pretty easy. My answer is going to shock you. It's Julian Fleming? It's Julian Fleming. Fleming. Wow. I, bet, I bet on the athletic upside, which I think he just has in spades over Jackson, who's not a bad athlete. Just I, I, I'll take Fleming's upside because I don't think that highly of either of them. Yep, I was going to say the same thing. And the other thing with that is I actually think you can get Fleming cheaper than you can get Daniel Jackson because everybody thinks Fleming has completely flamed out. I think he transfers somewhere and he has the upside to, I think, absolutely blow up next year. The one thing that worries me about Daniel Jackson, it's good that Flex signed the extension, so he'll be there, and I do think he's good at developing wide receivers. What happens at that quarterback position, though? Because he hasn't done a good job of recruiting guys. Tanner Morgan's likely gone next year. I don't know what that quarterback room looks like. Uh, Fleming, I think because of what you mentioned, being the the high-star athlete that he was, the number one wide receiver in his class, will likely be able to transfer almost anywhere he wants, and we could almost see a Jamison Williams-type season out of him this year where he goes somewhere and just blows up on a roster. I am taking uh, Daniel Jackson because we already know he's playing in that highly productive slot role. Um, tra- either Trayson Potts or, Mah- or Muhammad Abraham will be back next year to have those RPO fakes, and they're they're going to be running those double moves from the slot. I am taking Daniel, and Daniel Jackson is a very good athlete in his own right. I don't know. I'm not just going to. He's not a slouch. He's not yeah, Julian he's- Fleming. I mean, that's not. I don't think that's an insult. How many catches did Julian Fleming has in his career? More than five? He had a a nice one. Uh, He's got double digits. He's got double digits. He's got more than G Scott. I mean, he's been um, injured this year. I mean, you I mean, say what you want. He's only played like two games. He's got eight catches, or sorry, he's got four catches this year. What is that? He's got eleven altogether. Okay. All right. Julian Julian Fleming, then. I mean, I would like to see him play at a G five school. I think that would be that would be fun. Go to SMU. Go to uh, go to. I don't know. I can't no. think of another. Not SMU. I don't, Luke. I do. no. Oh, I was oh, answering okay. Luke's question. Sorry. Okay. And for the audience who's listening, to this Luke said, "Oh, does Matt know something?" Matt is saying no that he doesn't. 
Um, so, okay. He doesn't know anything, meaning like have any insider information on what's going to happen with Julian Fleming. That's what, the, uh, what, that's what that's a reference to. All right. Um, Kendall Milton, this, who put this in here? I didn't put this in here. Who put this question in here? This is an easy question. Kendall Milton or Jalen Berger? Whoever put this in here. It's Kendall Milton. Jalen Berger doesn't even have a team. Right now. Jalen's nickname should be nothing, so we can call him Jalen Nothing Burger because that's what he is. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a fairly easy one. Matt Bruning, uh, you, I'm, I'm, everybody, this is unanimous. Why? Let's not waste time on this. It's Kendall Milton, even though we think he's going to lose time to Branson Robinson next year. Correct, correct. Where, yes, where, where do you want to see Jalen Berger go, Matt? Anywhere. I think he's a good runner. I mean, I was going to pick Kendall Milton anyways. I've been higher on not Kendall Milton answer. than anybody else. I just, I don't think it's a. I mean, I don't think it's a like slam dunk. If Jalen Berger goes somewhere. He could be good. I mean, he can go. Austin said Rutgers. They're going to have Gavin Wimstead uh, start next year. Maybe you get a little uh, uh, read option uh, open lanes there for Jalen Berger, who I think is. I thought Jalen Berger was good. I thought that he was. That's he my could be point. Used in like the passing game, yeah. He he's, he's a good stiff. prospect. He just it didn't work out at Wisconsin. He's not the first kid. Won't be the last kid that had issues. Where was that? Maybe he gets his head straight and goes somewhere else if he produces. I mean, all I hear you guys talk about all the time is how Kendall Milton's not good. So then, if Jalen Berger is and he transfers somewhere and has a good season next year, why is this a slam dunk, Kendall Milton? Like you shit on the question, and now you're thinking about it, like, well, man, maybe it really isn't that easy of an answer. Like. Jalen Berger, he doesn't he, have a team. Better. He doesn't have a team. So right now, but that's the whole a, point of the question, right? The whole point is who loses stock and then builds it back up. So if Berger Matt, goes to you, you assume he's not going to play college anymore. He's done. Matt ha, Matt has this thing where I'll make a counterpoint to his argument, and he'll be like, "That's my point." I'm like, <laughs> all right, all right. Um, this is a good one. This is a good one. Neither I don't. Well, this I guess makes zero sense to me. I think they both still have a lot of value. <laughs> Matt, this is Matt. Matt just, this question. Matt, you literally right, so just let me said... read the question. Let me read the question first, so the audience is on the same page. The question is: Zach Evans or Tank Bigsby? We're supposed to be talking about players who's had a who's who have had a dip in value. Zach Evans has absolutely kind of exploded this year in value. Tank Bigsby, his might have dipped a little bit. So Matt, people have been crapping on so, Zach Evans though recently. Like, exactly, which it's is really why I put it weird. You were the one who mentioned Tank Bigsby. I wasn't going to put it as Tank Bigsby. I was going to put somebody else, but you, Felix, at the beginning of this episode, I'll go back and time check it if you want, said Tank Bigsby is losing value because he's not been that good this year. So that's why I put him in there. Zach Evans is exactly because everybody assumes, which I honestly think the more you look into it, the reason he removed all that TCU stuff was because he knew Gary Patterson was about to get fired. We all shit all over that kid saying, oh, here we go again with the knucklehead bullshit. Maybe he was just doing it because the guy who he who recruited him at TCU got fired, but he has been. A lot of people don't even think he's going to play the rest of the season, so he is losing value because everybody's attributing everything going on with that is that he's a knucklehead again. So I do think that it, it works. Matt, uh, Austin, Austin. I just, I just want to put this announcement out there to any of people that listen to this show that are my league mates. If you have Zach Evans or Tank Bigsby and you have any doubts about them, I will buy them from you for a fair and reasonable price. <sighs> Idiots. All right. that's All of these questions are on our Twitter page now. Send us an email. Send us a letter. DM me. I'll give you Austin's address so you can send him a letter about what you thought about. Please um, don't show up at my front today, door. So. Okay. I will All right. call the police. I think, I think that's it. Chris Moxley, what did we, what did we get wrong? 
All right, he said everything is everything was good for today. So that is going to be our show for tonight. Make sure you guys check out all the content around the campus, the Canton family, the podcast, Canton Bound Campus Life Fantasy Roundtable. Why wait till Sunday? Of course, guts and data, guts and data. I got to add here. We're we just have so much, just so much content. Of course, the tailgate and coast to coast Saturday night. Um, so be on the lookout for those. But apologies to Kirk Street. We ran out of time. We will get him rescheduled soon for Matt Bruning and Austin Ace. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Side of the field. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25. And Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State National Champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown, Alabama! Devontae Smith, touchdown, Alabama! And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years, their 17th overall. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks to the end zone. Hunter Info caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro and Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill. Just in front of his end zone, has a man out there, it is Ranger, and he's off to the races, nobody will catch him! <laughs> 93 yards for the freshman! Up, made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry, he'll add to that! Goodbye, touchdown Ohio State. From 52 yards.